Okay, it's started. So it might cut us off at 40 minutes. But anyways, um, can you, my dear guest, can you introduce yourself with your name, where you're from, and what is the third thing? I always try to change it up. The third thing would be the last song you remember listening to, I guess. Okay. Hi, my name is Janice. I'm from Hong Kong. Um, last song I remember listening to is Taylor Swift's um, Fearless. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was a really good like motivational song for me this week, especially. <laughs> Yeah, I I love that song, especially <laughs> Taylor's version. Did you know she's coming out with Taylor's version Red in November? No. Okay, I need to I need to put that <laughs> on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm adding that to my calendar also. Um, my first question for you is something that I've been forgetting to ask some like other international students. But, um, oh, for, shoot, I keep forgetting stuff. Okay, for those listening, how Janice I'm, and I met was at our first year, well, Janice's DP one year, my first year, at United World College, Chengshu, China. She was in the floor above me. We didn't have any classes together. But um, the first time we saw each other in person, she recognized me from Instagram. And I unfortunately did not recognize her. But you know what? We're still friends to this day, like two years later. So let's get started. Um, my Okay, my first question is, Janice, when did you start learning English? And what is it like to be bilingual? Mm, good or question. trilingual, if you include <laughs> French, right? You took French? Yeah, I it? did. Okay, yeah. trilingual. I think that's a really interesting question that I get a lot because um, a lot of people tend to ask me, especially when I went to UWC, a lot of people tend to ask me, you know, oh, why is your English so good? Are you actually from the US or are you from the UK, like all parts of the world? And I guess um, it all started um, when I was in kindergarten, actually, because in Hong Kong, we have like international schools where it's like English based teaching. Um, a lot of our like international schools are like UK based learning. So there's like mm -hmm. A levels and IB. And for me, it all started from kindergarten. Um, I started learning English there. And um, from a young age, my parents um, also taught me to speak English. But actually, my first language was Cantonese. Um, but it was just like, I don't even know how it magically like started with my English language learning kind of thing. <laughs> um, I just started speaking English with my parents, my sister, and then came kindergarten and then came like primary school and now secondary school. And it's always been like English-based learning. Um, so in a way, um, English, I would say is more convenient for me than Chinese or Cantonese or like French, um, mm -hmm. just because I've been using it for the past I don't know, 13 years of my education. So it's just really easy for me to communicate, I guess. Um, and your other question about being bilingual, um, it's definitely a challenge because, um, as I said, the first language that I ever 
um, was taught at home was always Cantonese, um, but then English was my medium of instruction at school. And so it was hard to balance between the two. But then my parents always taught me, you know, Cantonese is your mother tongue, you're from Hong Kong. And it's just another way of like cultural preservation um, that, you know, you're, you should know your mother tongue as well. And so um, my parents always spoke Cantonese to me. And then somehow I also found a way to balance both. Um, in a way, I stopped speaking English to them and I spoke more Cantonese. And now I can say I'm fluent in both, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> English is always going to be my most convenient language mm. um, to speak in. And then in terms of French, um, I actually started learning it when I was in primary school just for fun. And I knew that I needed to learn um, a modern language um, in secondary school. So I was just trying to um, trying to begin, I guess, like get a head start. Um, I was trying to get a head start um, in front of everyone and French was always just something that interested me. It actually started off with my sister. <laughs> she started learning French first and then I was mm. like, you know, I'll go for it too. And then I started <laughs> like loving the language. And so now I took IB, French B, and then I'm planning to take French in uni as well. <gasps> and it's just, it's really exciting. <laughs> Yay. Wait, so have you gone to international schools your whole school career up till yeah. like college? Yeah, I've always been at international schools in in Hong Kong. And it's a very interesting like topic of discussion within my family because um, me and my sister, we've actually asked our parents, you know, um, when we were born, um, did you ever think to send us to like local schools yeah. and put us in local education? And if so, like, why or why not? Like, why did you end up choosing to, um, you know, put us in the international education system? And their response was that, you know, international school system gives you more freedom, gives you more of like the choice to do whatever you want. You're not really um, in a closed environment where you have to it's like traditional schooling and it's more free it's more liberal I guess mm. um but then um if you were in a local school I guess like I have a few I have a lot of friends at local schools in Hong Kong as well and um they're always saying like it is very indeed very traditional it's all about the grades it's all about like rankings in the school and I'm always I've always just been really grateful that, you know, I was never really put in that situation. But I guess growing up now, I really do want to have a taste of what it's like just to see like the difference in both. Yeah, <laughs> just to get that comparison. Mm -hmm. um, so you basically learned English for like the same uh, time that you have Cantonese? I guess more English than Canto. Like, I've oh, learned wow. English more years than I have Cantonese because Cantonese is never something I learned. It's not something you can learn out of the blue because it's, yes, it's a language, but it's not like Chinese where you can have classes for it. You can't have like Cantonese language classes. <laughs> like sure, there are lessons for that. But then, you know, in Hong Kong, there's no such thing as Cantonese learning classes, just Chinese classes. And yeah, Chinese classes at international schools are never Cantonese classes. They're always <laughs> Um, Mandarin classes and so right which is, which is the difference there um, my Cantonese um, fluency right now is all due to just speaking it at home or speaking it to 
friends or just going out on the streets and you know <laughs> mm-hmm. wow that's interesting because i know that like for those listening at when i was at cse then people would think that i spoke like mandarin in english or cantonese in english <laughs> but the well i've t- i took like two years of China, of Mandarin mm-hmm. which I wouldn't call myself fluent but at the time when I was there I only knew how to speak like English and Spanish and one of the culture sh- one of the culture shocks that I talk about on this podcast that I've used like kind of like a spinning wheel is on repeat is just I don't know how people speak five languages <laughs> yeah like the, pe- the people <laughs> from Europe they you know like German Dutch English French and then like either Chinese <laughs> or Spanish like exactly. oh, too <laughs> but my next question is what was what does a typical like weekend or day for you in Hong Kong look like um from a school sense or from a just like regular vacation like it's um, like summer right now or like, when I school yeah like maybe vacation sense like I've been with my family but I just want to see like your take on it I guess for me especially for the summer it's kind of the same as everyone's I guess it, just because COVID um, Hong Kong's really hot and so I actually prefer to stay inside um, which is actually really nice because um, now I have two dogs which is like really fun for me um, I get to spend a lot of time with them bond with them um, but times when I do go out it's normally um, with family probably like driving around the city in our car just looking at like different landscapes or um sometimes I go volunteering with a friend of mine um, we've been helping out at this food charity um, where we help uh, that charity pack food into like boxes and then the ship to like sorry not get shipped get <laughs> get delivered to like people in need different charities different churches and it's it's something really meaningful to me because um, I was reflecting on it and I really don't think I would be doing volunteering if it weren't for COVID and I was like in Hong Kong right now. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd probably be in Canada right now or like somewhere else on a grad trip or something. And I wouldn't have a lot of time to spend with um, my friends in Hong Kong or even like do volunteering work. And I think it's something that I really value a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think taking that time to help others and stuff is really good. Like I think in us or like around my area um for a while now i haven't been able to volunteer just because of like covid like restrictions and like wearing masks indoors and stuff and i stopped doing my i had to stop doing my normal high school volunteering program because i went to cse like i wouldn't have been able to do like the required hours or like go to meetings but something like if anything coming out of COVID I feel like it's making people appreciate 
other people more, <laughs> which like is definitely been something in my case because my entire family has like stayed healthy. Um, even my aunt and uncle who they're in Hong Kong right now, actually, and they're doctors. Luckily, they've been safe. I'm going to knock on wood. They stay safe until they come to the U.S. <laughs> eventually, whenever they plan to move. But, yeah, I like how, you know, you mentioned that you kind of turned something negative into something positive and beneficial that you <laughs> could reflect on. Yeah, um, definitely. It was something that... I very spontaneously just decided to do because I was listening yeah. so many ways and I was like I want to do something productive so what could I do so <laughs> I decided to go volunteering and it wasn't anything at first but then I tend to reflect on like each session that I do um like the day after or even just like on the day um and it is something really meaningful to me and it's for once I'm actually not doing something um that for school I guess like a lot of people tend to do to put it badly or put it bluntly like I feel like a lot of people including myself sometimes I used to do a lot of things um for school and I never really got the sense of like what it actually felt like or how valuable that experience or the skills that I learned are until this summer when I volunteered at like different charities um just to help with like food packing or even like packing food into like different lunch boxes to be served to people in need it's very valuable especially in times like COVID when the economy especially in Hong Kong it's died down a lot there's more mm. um people who are unemployed at the moment and so doing this in summer is something that I valued a lot yeah yeah <laughs> and speaking of like something that we both value um <laughs> why did you decide to um, want to attend United Road College it first started off um so my whole application process started off as something just to try it out like I wasn't even planning on going to CSC at first I remember telling you this um so how I first got to know about UWC is from my sister. Um, she went to Lee Po Chen UWC and seeing her experience there um, always made me wanna go to a UWC when I got the chance to. And in 2018, um, I started thinking of, you know, where I could possibly go after um, my year 11 GCSE. So, that would turn into like grade 10 in your terms <laughs> um, so like my like how I would want to end high school um so 2018 I went to an open day at um Lipo Chen and I started getting to know about um different you know UCs across the world um where I'd see myself going and I actually planned on going to the ones in Europe I didn't know which one at the time, but I really want to go to Mostar or Maastricht um, to, for the two years. And then come to find out, I see this opportunity for Changshu CSC. Um, also because my mom's um, friend, her two daughters went to CSC as well. And that got me thinking, you know, could I possibly start my university experience one year earlier? And how would that mm. affect um, my future? Um, and so I guess I started off as like 
a risk. Like I wasn't planning on going, but I just wanted to see what it was like just to try it out. Um, because <laughs> to be honest, I've never had to interview for school at all. Um, it was always just like, oh, I'm going to go to school now. That's it. But then mm. um, it was the first time that I actually had to interview for a school. And so I remember in February 2018, um, my dad and I, it was our first time in China, in Shanghai. Um, I'd never really used Mandarin before. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> a good use. Um, we didn't have WeChat. We didn't have a Chinese phone number. So we were pretty much like very much at risk then. <laughs> um and so went there um went for the like challenge day and it actually was a really good experience for me um it started off at like 6 a.m in the morning i had three tests a chinese test english test and a math test oh my <laughs> god that's how the day started um we had like different icebreakers and then we had like discussions and then there'd be people like walking around like making notes on you and then we'd have like interviews um and then we'd have like this final like performance to see how like everything ties up together um and so we i ended up i guess enjoying the day more so than treating it as like a challenge day um it was just really fun for me and the interview was really nice as well like Fortunately, I don't know if it was by luck, um, a Hong Kong like national committee member was there in my interview and um, probably she was able to like say a few good words. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the interview was very enjoyable as well. Um, so yeah, after that interview, I didn't really think much of it. I just enjoyed it as like, oh, a little trip to China, a little trip to Shanghai, and then back to school in Hong Kong, maybe for another year. And then like, I'll try again next year to see if I get into like international UWCs. Um, and then I think um, in March, oh, this is really memorable. In March, um, on the day of my birthday, um, I actually had school that day. I was in class, I was in physics, um, a subject that I hate quite a lot. <laughs> um, I wasn't really paying attention in class, oops. <laughs> um, I think we had a little break um, during class um, and I got an email from, um, the UWC China National Committee saying that, oh, I got accepted. And then um, I was so surprised and happy that like, I was just telling my friends, oh, I got accepted. And they're like, oh my gosh, congratulations. And it was like a really enjoyable moment because it was like on my yeah. birthday and I got accepted. Um, but then what happened is like, I only got 10 days to see if I wanted to decline or accept my offer, which is a really short time frame. Um, and so I told my parents and they're like, okay, we're gonna like talk about this for like a few a few days and see what you want. And it was a really nerve wracking week for me because um, at the time we also had like some assessments and exams in school. And I also had to like manage this and then manage like, you know, if I really wanted this or not. Um, and then, yeah, long story short, um, parents finally decided to like agreed to like let me go and I said I wanted this as well. Um, and then, yeah, um, August 2018, I start my journey at EWC and I have to say it was one of the best decisions of my life because <laughs> looking back um, right now, if I didn't make that decision, um, let's say I apply for UWC the next year and let's say I don't get in 
and it's something that I probably regret and I guess I probably wouldn't have left my previous school and I probably wouldn't be the person that I am today if I was still um, at my previous school yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy how much environments could change you like I remember <laughs> when you speak about like the details of the day that you remember getting accepted <laughs> I I am literally the same way like if I find a day where I remember the emotions vividly then I'll remember like all the details of it vividly also like I remember the day that I got my email um I couldn't tell the rest of the people my friends from the finalist weekend including Alex because we all promised not to say anything until like two weeks after the decisions like to give people time to um you know, like, taking the good or bad news, and I remember I came home, luckily, early that day. I think I didn't have sports or something, and it was just me and my mom at home. My mom was working at her home desk because she knew I was getting called that day, <laughs> and I was just, like, watching TV, trying to relax. I made sure to finish my homework to the day after, and I was sitting on our couch and I was like, oh, when are they going to call? And I just put my phone on like the table in front of me, kind of in <laughs> frustration. And then two minutes later, the head of my national committee calls me. It's some, it's some number from like Chicago or like the East Coast. And I was like, oh, this has to be them. Please let it be them and not spam. And my mom she told the person she was um she was on a work call actually when I picked up and I stood up and like I started pacing and then the guy said like you got accepted and I started jumping up and down and I guess I was shaking the floor or something because my mom <laughs> ran over and she told her work person okay I gotta go bye and then he hung up and then me and my mom were just like jumping up and down like screaming followed with me crying happy tears Aww. and I don't know I feel like that person that I I see in that situation when I'm thinking of it is is like not not even like ready for the stuff that she was about to go through Mm -hmm. So I feel like we both had glow-ups, probably emotionally, mentally, and <laughs> visually. But um, speaking of, like, growing up, I guess, how would you compare um, the versions of you in FP, DP1, and DP2 Ooh. plus college? Oh my gosh, that is a very good question. <laughs> um, I'll start with FP. FP me was a very, like, I guess shy girl because like being from Hong Kong, I didn't really have anyone I could rely on. I guess like I knew Angus, but then we were both, um, oh, Angus is my co-year from Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I couldn't really rely on anyone. It was just me 
starting a new life in China. Of course, it was convenient that I knew the language, but then obviously everyone either came from like Shanghai or Suzhou and people had like friends from, um, you know, the other like friends from their previous schools. So of course, there oh, people really yeah. Um, and so FP version of me was a very shy girl who wasn't very willing to um, talk to anyone in Chinese because of her very broken Chinese language skills. Um, <laughs> and so I remember um, my first move was like to try to talk to more DP1 and DP2 students in English just because, you know, I knew that they could speak English. And again, it, it would be convenient for me not knowing um, much of Chinese yet. Um, and I guess slowly my confidence developed a bit more because I started knowing a lot more like DP1 and DP2 students. Um, and then from then on, I got to know more of like Chinese kids in my English class who were also like fluent in English. So it was from then that I started gaining a bit more confidence. So that was around like November 2018. And then December 2018 is when I had like my first big like breakthrough, I guess, <laughs> um, is I um, got this role as um, a core team member for one of our school events. It's called Faculty Follies, which is mm -hmm. like this teacher's talent show. And I was the only FP who was in that group and that made me like a bit more confident about myself because I still remember in November during that period I was like very sad I didn't know anyone I didn't have any friends I really felt like I wanted to leave the school and I even contacted our like school admissions officer I was like hey you know I I was wondering is there a chance for me to like transfer to other UWCs um <laughs> in the next school year because I feel like I'm not very good here um I'm not I don't have a lot of, um, like, how do I put it? I don't have a lot of things I can do here, I guess. Like, I, I'm not at my full potential here. Um, and so I was like, you know, can I go to another UWC? Um, is it convenient? And then the question that he asked me was like, um, you know, are you unhappy here? <laughs> what's making you unhappy? You can tell me what's making you unhappy. And I'm like, there's really nothing that's making me unhappy. It's just that I wanted, I guess this all along wasn't the UWC experience I was looking for at mm. first, um, in the first few months. Um, and so slowly after that, um, people started recognizing me, started giving me a bit of recognition. They're like, oh, you're the only FP who's like in a core team for like a school event and dp2s and dp1s then started to recognize me more they're like oh you're you're that fp who's like all over the place who's like <laughs> who knows like everyone around the school like everyone knows you you're you're so cool and i guess um that was when i started gaining a bit more confidence in myself um and then slowly, like throughout the second semester of FP, um, people start recognizing me more. They were like, oh yeah, you're that girl who was like part of Faculty Follies and like like joined um, the school musical and like helped out mm. and all that. And so later on, um, the FP kids, they were like, yeah, um, you're, <clears throat> the FP kids are like, yeah, 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 you're, you're, you're in like the school, 
you're in all these school events like you know how do you do that like you're only an fp you know i want to do that too and it slowly i guess in a way me doing so changed a lot of like mindsets for like my peers as well um changed a lot of like people's perspectives of me like they never had anything bad against me it was nothing critical but then yeah they were always um you know in a way i guess people were always shy to make the first move and i don't know there was just this instinct in me that was like okay since I'm here, I need to take advantage of it. And if I'm not gonna do anything, then I'm probably gonna get it. So then some kind of spark, some kind of fire in me was like, go try everything. Go try <laughs> taking advantage of different school clubs. Try out for everything. Even if you don't get it, it's fine. Try out the next year and the next year. Yeah. Um, so in a nutshell, that was my FP year. GP <laughs> <laughs> um, one comes, comes along and um, it's different for me because it's my first year being in the same cohort as like many different international kids. And in a way, it was also easy for me to settle in because I knew a lot of DP1 friends in my previous years who were then DP2s in our DP1 year. Um, and so that's why a lot of people asked me, um, you know, in the first week, they're like, are you actually a DP2 who is repeating DP1? You know, <laughs> like, um, why are you so close with all the DP2s now? I'm like, no, 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 I'm in the same year as you. I didn't repeat. I came from FP. I just know a lot of, um, like, our current DP2s. I'm like, oh, I see, I see. And it's just like, it was something really funny because a lot of people actually thought I was DP2 at first. And they're like, wait, why, yeah. are, you why are you in my, like, so-and-so class? You know, I thought you were a DP2. I'm like, no, I'm a GP one. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was another different experience. Like that version of me was more outspoken and definitely more confident with myself because people in my classes were people that like, I generally felt interested in getting to know. It's not like, you know, I wasn't interested in getting to know like FP kids, but it's just like that whole international vibe, as I say, like, as I mentioned, like being in international schools all my life, like I've always been with people who are quite open, people who are quite um, outspoken. Whereas in my FP year, everyone was more introverted, I guess, which also um, made me feel a bit anxious at first to make different first moves or like um, to even try out for anything. And then DP1, I guess, really changed my life for the better because it was the start of IB, but also the start of like, a lot of different friendships that I knew that I was going to continue for life, I guess, um, which is really sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I started making a lot of friendships with people from like all over the world within like the first term, I guess, like yeah. the that really changed my life was um, the golden week trip that I had with literally people from 12 different like countries. Uh, including myself and one of my best friends, Nick, like he's Taiwanese and I'm from Hong Kong, like literally no one is from like mainland China, which is really something special. And the trip itself was very spontaneously planned. We planned the trip like a week before we were meant to yeah. like, start <laughs> start the trip. And we were all just like, hey, let's just go to like this place called like Zhang Jiajie, um, you know, for Golden Week. And so we we're like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, let, let's let's just, um, yeah, let's let's go. And then that was a trip that really changed me. A lot of people um, were saying like, oh, you're gonna have to be like the Chinese like translator for your trip, like the Chinese interpreter. And then 
at first I was quite hesitant about that because indeed um, I knew that myself and my friend Nick, like we'd have to be the sole Chinese speakers for the trip and it was really exhausting. But then coming back, it was a very rewarding trip that like I'm never gonna forget. Um, and yeah, that trip really changed me as well, became more confident in myself and more outspoken. Um, and then fast forward, Chinese New Year, COVID. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and then I stayed home. And um, oh, I forgot to mention this for my FP year as well. And also a bit of like COVID times. Um, when I came back after, when I came back to Hong Kong after my FP year, and also meeting up with friends during COVID, um, a lot of them actually did mention that, oh, you know, Janice, you changed a lot. You are more outspoken now. You're, you talk way more <laughs> than you used to. <laughs> and you're just a very different person than, than when you left. And that actually got me reflecting a lot as well um, in terms of FP and GP1. Um, really changed me from being this shy person who I guess was always um, used to sticking with friends who were more outspoken. She was always like the quiet one in the bunch. But I guess now like everyone's like, oh, you're more of the loud one in the group now, <laughs> and you tend to talk more. And it's like, it's something really special to me because it like learning that, you know, being more outspoken, I guess, is, is an advantage, I guess which is how FP and DP1 changed my life. <laughs> um, and then now onto DP2. Just trying to like, I'm trying to wrap things up in a, like in a big nutshell right now. <laughs> it's a very long story. Um, so long story short for DP2, um, international students couldn't come back and I only had two international friends, like actually international friends with me I'm sorry Grace <laughs> um, there were like two international friends who were there with me for the entire year um there really wasn't much to do um that version of me was also in a, in a sense um the same as very similar to FP like I was very quiet in the first few months of being back because I felt like I lost quite a few connections with Chinese students in um my second year in my GP1 year um being friends with a lot of international students. And so I need to slowly like rebuild a lot of my connections with, um, with uh, a lot of my um, old Chinese friends and slowly, um, I guess it just took time and patience to really rebuild and regain trust and friendships again. Um, I got to know new Chinese students who were new to the school in DP1, but I didn't get to know as well um and i guess yeah <laughs> dp2 version of myself was um i guess the most mature version of course the most recent as well <laughs> of myself because of like ib and just having to really count on myself for that year for this year because especially um covid and i don't have the usual backbone and support that i have um at the school yeah <laughs> like I think that that's interesting that how you said people like really noticed that there was a difference between like GP1 you and FP1 I mean not not FP1 FP. <laughs> um because I 
think, I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier today, actually. I saw someone from uh, my middle school who I don't think she follows me on Instagram anymore. So I'm not worried about like her seeing this, but I saw her at my college day. We go to the same college. And she was friends with someone who I very much had a bad relationship with and who I did not get along with and that her friend didn't like me for whatever reasons that I still don't know to this day. But I was thinking when I saw also someone else from my hometown, I tried to say hi to him and then he kind of just pretended like I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it was, it was really awkward. But um, I was thinking in my head, like, these people have different versions of me than literally what I am now because <laughs> they knew me, like, in the past. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think, I don't know, if I were to ask you to see people, the version of me that they know versus, like, my first high school, mm-hmm. then they'd be completely different because I, um... I don't know. I think at my first high school, people would call me shy, introverted, and Ooh. at UBC, like, I talk all the time. I talk to, like, so many people, and I could rant for, like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Janice is laughing because she knows this is all true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting, like, thinking about literally how we're different. Okay, um, this is the next day that we're recording, like, in the middle <laughs> of this, but anyway, I think I left off on, like, different versions of yourself and other people, so Janice, my next question, um, might have to think on this one, what would you say was either a big highlight that you have from UWC when you think on it, or name like three of your favorite parts from each year. It's like three highlights from your CSE experience in total. Mm, Okay, I'll start from FP. I guess my FP highlight um, would definitely be um, like faculty follies. Um, It was definitely as I mentioned like previously in this um, interview, it's really the event or show that changed my entire life at UWC, I guess. Um, it was the show that really made me more outspoken and step up to be um, a leader. And also in a way it got more people to notice me um, around school, which really wasn't the main point of it, um, of me, getting into the team in the first place but then I guess it was a little bonus to that um, that more people started getting to know me and I got to make a lot more meaningful connections afterwards and um, the reason why it's my highlight it's because it's a show that I was able to keep on um, consecutively for my second year and third year at the school Um, unfortunately due to COVID last year we weren't able to um make the show happen, but I'm so glad that I was able to bring it back this year um, in times of COVID, especially because um, a lot of, 
I'd say school spirit was lost this year um, in the school and being able to bring the show back and being able to start up some kind of UWC spirit, um, some kind of legacy in a way is something that I value a lot. Um, highlight of DP1, I guess I have two major ones, one being um, the trip that I took with um, 12 other friends of mine. Um, I still have a bracelet to this day that I remember writing about um, in one of my personal statements for uni. Um, it's a bracelet that reminds me of the trip and how, again, um, took me to another level of um, like independence and also leadership as well, being able to take care of myself um, and my friends as well during that trip. Um, and then the second one would definitely be our school project week. Um, going to a rural school in China, especially going with um, a bunch of friends that were like randomly assigned to the group as well. I'm really glad I was with you, Grace. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were roommates and it just really, it made us bond a lot. Um, and that was one of my highlights because um, going to a school there, it really made me realize like how privileged we are to have this kind of education, um, as well as to be able to travel even. I remember speaking to a few students and they said, you know, I've never been really been out of China or even like been out of the um, Henan province yeah. um, where the school was located. And so it was a big eye opener um, for me in that trip. Um, DP2 highlight would be Chinese New Year. Um, I still say it um, to this day, <laughs> <laughs> not to this day, but then like, even until now, I keep saying that my highlight is Chinese New Year because, um, again, it's something that um, was able to make me feel better about being um, in the school during this time when most of my friends from the previous year were like all over the world and I couldn't really talk to them. Um, and so Chinese New Year really made me feel like better about being in the school, especially since I was super stressed with a lot of um, deadlines and um, assessments and all that. <laughs> and I think, okay, my second to last question is, what is a lesson that you learned from being in international schools? And I guess also from being in a place like UWC? A big lesson that I learned. Um, I guess following on from the point that I made just now about um, privilege and education, um, definitely being an international school and EWC, both experiences have made me really understand the importance of education, especially since in my previous school, we also had things like Project Week. Um, we called them like making a difference weeks where we'd go to, um, probably less developed countries. Um, I remember going to Cambodia for one of my trips and I had to teach English to um, primary school students there as well. And it really was another eye-opener for me just seeing how, um, how little resources they had um, to share between each other, um, but also their, um, and I guess their living environment um, was something that surprised me a lot uh, because I guess living in Hong Kong um, and I guess being in international schools, um, 
people who I was surrounded with were always pretty well off, I guess. People um, had money to like afford education and to, you know, go to school, I guess. And being at UWC, especially a big lesson I've learned is, um, yeah, again, the importance <laughs> of education and even like tertiary education as well. Um, because many of my friends came from um, really small countries. Um, I remember one of my really close friends, um, his name is Brandon, he is from Nicaragua. And it's a country that I never heard of um, before I went to UWC. There were many countries that I never heard of before I went to UWC. Um, he inspired me a lot. Um, listening to his story about how he came to know about UWC and his story of receiving education in Costa Rica in order to come to UWC, um, his scholarship and how he's the first person in his family to be able to go abroad. These were things I always took for granted. So like being abroad for school or even going to college just because everything was already provided for me when I was at international school. Like, as I said, I never really took um, a school entrance exam until I came to UWC. Mm -hmm. um, everything was given to me and I took it for granted in a way. And so being at UWC, especially after these three years, um, it's really opened my perspective to like education, how like it's something that you should never take for granted. Like now having been here for three years, it's something that you should never take um, for granted because there are still many people in this world that want some sort of education, but don't get to have it at all. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, for those listening in a previous episode, I actually talked with Brendan about his scholarship. The quality of the audio is kind of iffy, but then we went over his story and it was really, really heartfelt to see how hard he worked, like even to get to UWC, like to even be on campus. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I only had four months in, in the international school, but the fact that I even got like one semester in, um, that's something that I always hold close to my heart, especially with the people that I met at the school. Um, my last question is, what is something that you're looking forward to? At uni? <laughs> um, either like in uni, for uni or in general. Um, I'll talk about uni first. Um, in the recent days, I've been joining um, my unis um, orientation. So I'm going to be at University of Toronto for the next four years. I'm going to be studying psychology and health sciences. Um, so, so anyways, um, I've been at my orientation for the past few days and already it's such a wholesome vibe they're giving off. Um, the orientation leaders, um, the MCs, just everyone is being very nice and it, they're making it a very wholesome experience. Um, I was I just got off um, a call that we had. It was like a virtual event, and everyone's like dancing around in their rooms, and it's it's giving me the vibe that you know, although we're all still virtual, like our whole orientation is virtual this year, which really sucks. 
Um, although we're all virtual, like everyone's giving, putting in the effort to get to know more people before uni starts. We start classes next week. Um, everyone's putting in this effort to get to know one another. And I guess I'm most looking forward to um, classes, I guess. <laughs> um, I know like many people are like, oh, you know, I'm not looking forward to classes. I just want summer to continue. But then I guess for me, I really, I'm really excited for classes to start because um, I don't know, it's fine. It's giving me the chance to finally study something that I really, really want to, um, which is psychology. Like I was always really bummed by the fact that our school didn't offer IP psychology. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like if it did I definitely would have taken it um, but then yeah I guess I'm most looking forward to classes and getting to know more people um, getting to know people around the world like I like as people always say you know you're never gonna be in a place as diverse as UWC but at the end of the day um, people that I'm meeting right now they're literally from all parts of the world um, I've met people from Mauritius and Malaysia um, Colombia and it's awesome and something that I'm really really looking forward to is um, meeting up with UWC people who are there right now I'm really yeah. happy that I just linked with um, I linked with someone who was at UWC RCN this year and she's like oh my gosh you're from UWC too and then we linked through Instagram and now we're both really excited to meet each other which is really cute <laughs> oh, that's so sweet yeah and I guess in general, it's not something that I wish for myself, but I wish for like everyone listening to this podcast or like my wish in general is just for everyone to live like a happy and healthy life, which is really important in times of COVID. Everyone should be happy, smile more and make goals for yourself. <laughs> Bit of motivation for you. Yeah, smile more. Um create goals achieve them be happy and if you don't keep working hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's an amazing conclusion to the podcast especially in COVID and like I'm having in-person classes for the most part but we still have to wear masks inside so it's kind of rough to try to connect with people um, for those listening I think most of these people follow me on Instagram where I went to school with I think after going through what I went through just something that I agree with Janice on is things do get better eventually even if it takes a really long time <laughs> just find people who can help um, boost up your mood who can help you get into a happier place who bring happy memories instead of sad ones and just keep pushing through because in the end you're going to come out stronger and happier and better and I know I'm definitely in a better place than where I was when I was doing online classes for a year and a half but um thank you Janice so much for being on the podcast with me because of time constraints this is like the end of the episode is there any last few words that you wanted to give to the listeners um to everyone listening thank you so much for hearing me like blabber on for I don't know <laughs> probably an hour or so like, when this all comes together yeah. um 
but yeah to uwc people listening to this i love you all and i miss you all best of luck in the future <laughs> just shout out to all uwc people we love you and thank you for listening we'll see you next time bye <laughs>